Hi, and welcome back to the How to Decorate podcast from Ballard Designs. We want to teach you how to decorate your home and unleash your inner decorator. So we'll be interviewing interior designers, stylists, and other talents in the design world, sharing the trials and triumphs of our own homes, and also answering your decorating questions. I'm Caroline. I run the Ballard Designs blog, How to Decorate. And I'm Taryn, and I'm on the product design team at Ballard. And I'm Karen, I head up branding at Ballard. We are your hosts. Thanks. Do some trials and triumphs. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. Who Karen, feels do, good? Do you want to go first? No. Okay. I can go first. We're moving, as I mentioned last time, um, which is great, except for the fact that we have to move physically. Oh, you and your family. Mm. Right. <laughs> and so we have to pack. We have to purge. Um, of course, listing the house, you know, you have to like make it look all nice. So we filled a storage unit so that. Anyways, it's been a busy three weeks Oof. with mm-hmm. a lot of going on so I'm tired and <laughs> you look good um, you look using beautiful. lots of concealer mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. no and just it's just been like finally we were we are seeing the light but um anyway that really sucked they'll hold boxes oh, for you at the office if you need for your move yeah, yeah which is I'm a nice perk that. of I'm gonna have to working at Ballard that <laughs> <laughs> is true there's always boxes mm-hmm. yeah oh I didn't even think about that yeah just okay. talk to the girls in the warehouse and they'll okay. hold boxes for you I'll need a lot more because we like packed half our house and put it in the storage unit, but we'll still have to do the other half. So Mm -hmm. that's kind of boo. Um, But I want to tell you all about my triumph. Yes, go. Okay. So um, I think I've mentioned before that Will's dad, my husband's dad, is a historic preservationist. So historic preservation is something that we both really like and, and get enjoyment out of and like to talk about and the Georgia Trust, which is the organization, um, does something called a ramble. And every oh yeah, every I think I've told y'all about it off the podcast. But um, every spot, fall and spring, they do a weekend sort of getaway in a different town around the state, um, where they talk about preservation. And you, it's basically like a weekend of home tours. And so the one this spring, it was last weekend, and it was in Thomasville, Georgia, which I don't know if y'all, any of y'all know the history of Thomasville, Georgia, Mm-mm. but it's actually kind of cool. It was the end of the railroad, and, like, the oh, railroad stopped. Just stopped. Just stopped. Okay. And so all of the railroad barons and the, their families would build, like, estates, basically, around Thomasville. It's also known for quail hunting. Yes. And so there are man in full. Yes. Anyone read that book? Mm -hmm. There you go. Gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous estates, like mind boggling. And most of the time they're not open to the public. And for the weekend, we got to go through all of them. Awesome. There were two in particular that I wanted to kind of tell you all about. I have some pictures, um, but one of them... It's a big, classic white columns. Um, and apparently in the 90s, Sister Parish designed the entire inside, top to bottom. Wow. Like, yeah. Wow. So on the evening that they were celebrating the completion of the design process. Don't say it burned down. They had a huge oh, party. No. Caught fire. Mm-mm charred the entire interior essentially Mm -mm. destroyed it luckily the inside of the house was all brick so it didn't like yeah so everything was ruined i'm not even sure if it was ever photographed i can't even believe it well they haven't actually touched the inside so they meticulously restored the outside of the building to how it was before 
but the inside is still like you can still see charred drapes and wallpaper. What? Wow. On the yeah. Wow. And so of course we we drive up down this I mean tree like hundred year old live oak mm-hmm. driveway. I mean picturesque, just exactly what you would imagine. Pull up, park in a little grassy area, start walking in, imagining that we're going to see the immac- this immaculate space. Walk in and it's literally like black on the inside. Wow. Um, it was just spectacular though, and the grounds were amazing. But I, I don't know. I, I wanted to cry thinking yeah. about all of the work and probably custom drapery and fabrics and wallpapers and everything. Just like no one even really getting to enjoy it. Just up in flames. Ugh, Isn't that crazy? That is, that is crazy. A ridiculous story. There was another house that we saw that um, was built, I think, in the 20s. But it was the center of the house was a giant square. um, I couldn't tell you how big it was because I just spatially. But it was really big, like, I don't know, maybe 50 yards wide. Maybe not quite. Maybe like 30 or something. Anyways, it was an atrium greenhouse, essentially. Mm. And the entire exterior of the building was all built around this center space. I have some photos of the outside. Um, the inside's hard to tell because it's a greenhouse, which so just looks like plants. Right. But um, I'll post some photos in the um, in our show notes. But it just, I mean, That's all of the houses. Amazing. If you ever have the chance to go to Thomasville, I would highly suggest, because even if you don't go to some of these like more spectacular estates, just the main drag, the main street, like one of them's called Dawson. There are a lot of really cute neighborhoods. They're just Every house is spectacular. It wow. just it's a city that just really cares about architecture. They have great preservation, so they've they've kept all of these old uh, homes. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait. I have to tell y'all about this I'm other so house. Excited. Even more. Oh my gosh, okay. Um so I go into this one house. You should see Caroline right now. She's literally bouncing <laughs> in her chair. And I walk in and um They've kind of decorated. It's a very traditional house, Victorian wood. And I walked in, but the very clearly from this moment you walk in, the way they've decorated is definitely more contemporary. Mm-hmm. Um, not too, not super contemporary, but you know, more clean. They had a um, Sputnik light fixture right in the front room. Well, I kind of am looking around and I notice, oh, there's some. Those are the Ballard Food Dogs on the. Um, the mantle. And then I start looking. I'm like, oh, those pagodas also on the mantle are Ballard. And then I look around some more. I'm like, oh, there are Dana chairs. <laughs> Y'all, like every room had Ballard in that it. That is awesome. So I went and found the owner and I was like, um, I love your Ballard pieces. I work for Ballard and these look so cute. I hope you don't mind if I take pictures. So I'm going to share Aww. some of those on there too because she had Davenport slipper chairs. She had wow. our rug. She had a burlap um, table skirt. She had a gray um, coffee table that had like sort of an X base that was sort of a gray finish. Anyways, I thought it was so That fun. is awesome. And I was like, this looks amazing. I just, I love what you've done. And she's like, oh my gosh, I've never been to our, our sto- your store in Atlanta, but I'm going to have to make a pilgrimage. So Aww. anyhow, I'll share all those photos in the show notes. And if you ever are near Thomasville, be sure to stop and check it out. Oh, my gosh. Yes. And if any of y'all are curious about rambles or anything like that, feel free to shoot me an email at the podcast email and I will fill you in on all the, the important info. That's so, awesome. Yeah. I, I loved hearing about your rambles before and I'm glad this year's was awesome. Yes. Invite us next year. We want to go. I will. I will. Um, I think the next one. Do, like, Instagram stories or something. Guess where the next one is next spring. Is it Augusta? Mm-hmm. It's Augusta. Very cool. 
Where know, Taryn's from. I know a place to stay. So <laughs> it yeah. is. You have free lodging. Yeah, I do. You guys are welcome to as well. Okay. That would be fun. It's not going to be part of the ramble. I can tell you that. (laughs) Disappointing. (laughs) No, there's some great old homes in Augusta. So I imagine that'll be a good one. Oh, we have to do it. Yeah, that'll be fun. So anyways, um, it was it was just fun to see Ballard in the spaces. So, yeah. Um, Well, I'll go because I don't really have a trial. You don't. Uh, Everything's so good. That's good. I don't have any stuff. Yeah, I don't have any stuff that anyone even cares. You know, I'll be complaining about something not that big this week. So, (laughs) Um, but my triumph was, and y'all know about this because y'all were we were present. You were present. (laughs) Caroline was reading last night during dinner because we the three of us had dinner. Somehow we got on the subject and we're talking about some of the reviews we've had. And um, Caroline was reading some of the reviews you all have, listeners have left. And I definitely cried getting uh, listening <laughs> to one did. of them because it was, so sweet. it was. Do you want me to pull it up? The title of it was I Found My People. Yes. And Taryn just immediately teared up and started crying. That it was is, so sweet. She's doing it now. I am. <laughs> I thought that was very nice that somebody who doesn't know us, but enjoys listening to us that much because you know we we do this for for fun right. and we like it and we're mm-hmm. it's just nice to have feedback like that and I yeah. don't you know I'm not constantly reading reviews so I definitely appreciate it yeah and so that it was a, a huge triumph and I just wanted to thank all of you who do listen and do give us great feedback and comments it does help us to continue to try to make this you know and cater to what you guys want to hear so right. It's funny because I feel like we are talking into mics and we're talking to each other and we're really talking to designers, but we're supposed to be talking to you. Right. (laughs) And really, you're the ones that in some ways we hear from the least because we, you know, there's no real easy avenue for you to respond. So when we do get your feedback and we hear that you're enjoying it, it, like, it really means a lot to us. You're doing it. Evidenced by Taryn crying last night. (laughs) It was embarrassing, but I did it. And it is true. Because I know you're driving in your car. So the fact that you then remember to go ahead and leave a review is pretty, pretty nice. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe they use their Alexa app and they're listening to it in their kitchen. Not everyone's driving. It's true. Yeah, that was fun. I mean, it is really, really nice to hear people's feedback. So it does make it sort of worthwhile for us. And just FYI, if you have left constructive criticism, that's what I I call it. You're an up talker, Caroline. Oh, yes. (laughs) Apparently, I up speak. You know what? I can't tell you. We get annoyed with our own voices. Just (laughs) FYI. And I know that I say like too much. I know that. I want someone to like like, write in if they like to hear their voice back. (laughs) Like I've never heard anyone be like, I love my voice when it's recorded. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's weird. (laughs) But I just want you to know that if you have left feedback that is negative, we do read them. Mm -hmm. And we do try our very best to address those comments because we want you to enjoy the show. True. Now – I, some people have said, I don't like your trials and triumphs. Just let me get to the guest. But you know what? There are a lot of people that have said, I miss your trials and triumphs. So right. we're just, you know, we can't please, can't please everyone, everybody. but we do want to please as many of you as possible. And we want you to enjoy the show. That's so we're, we are trying to make it better. But so so on both ends, thank you for your constructive criticism, <laughs> but also thank you for your positive your positive feedback too. it does help we like them yeah it definitely helps and I cried that was my try <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought that was awesome okay, okay Karen me okay so mine are both house related of course okay so do you guys remember the story when we were in the south of France trying to buy these two chairs and we thought they were two thousand dollars but they were two hundred dollars yes. okay so I've been in love with those chairs since then 
So we just did an antique sale at the office. So all the employees got first dibs on the antiques that we've bought over the years because we often buy antiques and then, um, you know, do versions of them that we sell. So I bought these two chairs. You guys, they don't have any stuffing. They don't have – I mean, like, They're I'm going to have to get them rehab. rebuilt. But I'm so excited. So, I, you know, I've told you before, I'm I'm not in love with my living room as it stands at the moment. So I feel like these two guys are going to – they're real petite. I feel like they're going to fit into my little cottagey living room. And um, I, I'm still trying to figure it out. I don't know what I'm doing, but these are going to be part of it. So I'm excited. That was a triumph. Mm-hmm. Trial. If you live in Atlanta or maybe even the South, you know – when it rains, it's like downpour, downpour rain, and then it'll stop. Well, our yard, our house, or whatever, is like in the middle of a hill. So as it rolls down the hill, it rolls in our yard, and we have a pool. So we've just had like so many issues with it, just overflowing. Yeah. Drainage <laughs> Letting, is rough when you're at yeah, the bottom of a hill. Yeah, and then it'll be brown because it's full of mud or whatever. I mean, the last time, you guys, that we had this happen, we have a retaining wall, a granite retaining wall. And then above that, our neighbor has like a brick retaining wall. It was flowing straight through her wall. It was coming through our granite wall. Yeah, I mean, crazy amounts of water. We took pictures, and then Joe went into her yard and took pictures. It was like a lake back in the back of her yard. So that's my trial. We are working with her to, like, get some drainage from her yard and drainage in our yard. We had to dig up our whole yard, and we're putting in some turf and all this stuff. Yard is a big mud pit. That's my trial. We're a work in progress on the yard. So that's it for me this week. are so excited we're in charlotte again this week and we have a guest today she's an interior designer here in charlotte her name is amy vermilion and her business amy vermilion interiors i feel like well okay here's here's what i feel like your look is hello it just oozes (laughs) i feel like every room just oozes elegance they're just so elegant Mm -hmm. and pretty and Okay, well. Wow. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much. I mean, would you, wouldn't you say so? I, I love that. I mean, people have described me as sort of comfortably elegant. Um, it's really hard to talk about yourself in that way. And even though designers can put out, we can talk all day long about somebody else's project and whatever, but whenever we get interviewed, describe your style. And I'm like, I, uh, uh, it's comfortably <laughs> elegant. Um <laughs> I'm, you know, kind of known for doing a lot of architectural details and being more of a hybrid designer. So I don't just do fluff and puff. What does Um, that mean, hybrid design? Well, I think there's kind of three kinds of designers. There's architectural designers, not architects. They're architectural designers. They love to do kitchens, bathrooms, architectural Mm -hmm. things. But they really don't like to get into the furniture, the fabrics, the rugs, things like that. So a lot of those designers will pass off that type of the project to a designer who really likes to only do that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then there are designers that only like to do what we call kind of the fluff and puff, the sofas, the rugs, and, you know, what a lot of us refer to as the fun stuff. And then there's the third kind, which I've sort of morphed into, which is being pulled in at the very beginning of a project with an architect, even sometimes putting together the whole team. So the client will come Mm -hmm. to me and say, hey, this is what we're thinking about. And it could be a huge renovation. It could just be a kitchen. And I get the privilege of putting together the team, which is kind of giving them an architect, 
um, picking out some contractors that I think would work well, and then being their liaison throughout the entire thing. So it's really great for interior designer like myself because I'm a control freak <laughs> and I can handle everything, soup to nuts. Nothing gets out of my grasp. And it's great for the client because they have a trusted advisor. Mm-hmm. So somebody from the very beginning that has their best interest at heart can pick somebody based somewhat on their budget and availability and their style. And all the way through the projects, they don't have to worry about well, who do I call for this part of the project? Mm-hmm. They can just pick up the phone and call me, and then I handle where to go from there. Right. It is overwhelming. I mean, it's, you know, building a house or renovating is so overwhelming, especially if you have never done it before. It is. And I'm getting know. ready to pull the trigger again on my house for, like, the fourth time. <laughs> and The same house you're renovating for the fourth time? The same house time? I'm renovating like, again. Like construction renovation? Oh, yeah. Wait, yeah. wait, wait. What, what are you doing? What have you done in the past? Yeah, give us the rundown. Yeah. Um, I renovated my whole first floor. And um, that was a couple years ago, and I decided to stay in the house, and that was the worst mistake I've ever. Oh, live in it. Yeah, you I, yeah. I, oh, I always tell my clients, you need it. to move. And then I thought, you know, I can tough this out. Uh-uh, uh-uh. And I had uh, at the time my daughter Catherine was um, eight years old, and so we were in a guest room, living upstairs with two lawn chairs and like a giant Home Depot box for a table, and our television was on like a stack of lumber. And we ate out of styrofoam for four months. It was the worst experience ever. And I can safely (laughs) tell anybody out there, please move out. Please move out. Um, (laughs) So we renovated the whole first floor. And I mean, from everything from taking part of my, I have a wraparound porch, taking part of that for the kitchen and the um, dining room, really expanding, making a really open space. We're going to be photographing that um, in a couple months um, for a publication. And now I am doing my master bath. Oh, and I've also done a whole office and everything upstairs. I have about 900 square feet with a separate entrance because everyone comes to work for me in the house. Um, And I do that because I have a little girl and I like to work at night. I like to work in my jammies. Mm -hmm. If she's sick, I can stay home. And it creates a much more casual atmosphere for my team. And um, so I love to work like that. Um, My clients come over, everybody comes over, we meet right there, and it's great. So we've done that, and that involved taking the roof off the garage. I mean, it just never ends with me. I'm I'm, I'm an addict. I'm a total renovation (laughs) addict. And now I'm doing my master bath. It's the only room really in the house that I have not fully renovated. Um, I even renovated my garage last year. Like cabinetry, epoxy floor. I mean, everyone comes to my garage, they say, Geez, Louise, you could like live in here. <laughs> and but it is a garage could be an extension of your home. You can have more you have dinner party. I mean, yes, let's have a dinner party in my garage. Oh my gosh, Kat, let's do it. <laughs> well, I have a question about selecting things for yourself. Do you find it harder to select for your own home than for it's clients? Absolutely, the worst thing on the planet. Uh huh. Because we are we we have resources upon resources. I see mm-hmm. things everywhere I go. Um, I'm going to Atlanta next week, as a matter of fact, to go do design ADAC and look at more stuff. We have reps that are always coming to us. We have a great library in the studio. And I'm constantly seeing things, ripping things out of magazines, of course, you know, Instagram and what have you. And I'm constantly changing my mind. But once I get something in my head and it doesn't go away or I keep going back to it, then I know it's the right choice. Um, I think for permanent specifications, and I use this rule for clients to, um, you know, pick something that you're going to love for a long time. It's one thing you can reupholster a sofa, you can change a pillow, but... 
your permanent specifications, i.e. your marble floor, your cabinetry, you know, things like this. You, I personally feel you can really make a great decision if you pick something that is somewhat timeless, but also in that same vein, there are people that I know that can do beautiful blue lacquered cabinetry, but that's their jam. Right. So it's never going to be a trend or a style that goes out for them because they love that. And so that's what I tell my clients. If that's your thing, don't do a white kitchen. You know, do yeah. something fabulous. Pick something that really makes you happy and don't just always base it on what everybody else is right. doing. It's my biggest design pet peeve. Yeah. I don't know if that's where we're... we're or resale We value. love to go there. I'll do oh. this, but it's, it's going to do something for resale. I'm like, you're living in the house. Do it for you. Unless you actually are doing it for resale. Right. Like if you're, you're moving yeah, in And we do that right. sometimes where people are saying, you know what, my husband's going to be transferred or we're moving to London and, you know, Amy, just make this so that most people on the planet love it. But what I found is that if it's done well, even if it's not exactly someone's total aesthetic, they will emotionally connect with the space and they will fall in love with it and say, I really, really like it. Um, So that's, you know, I think really designing for resale is we think about it, but it it can be a huge mistake. Yeah. Especially if it's not what you like. Right. Right. You know, and if, if you don't, you're, if, if you're you, gonna live in it for five more years, that's a long time. That is a long you know, time to live with something Anything that you built for someone else. You're gonna hit by a milk truck tomorrow. Yeah. I mean, you should live your life. <laughs> but here's the thing: eat no matter how. I don't know, but yeah. I'm just oh, my mom it's used a good to try, always though. say that. So, <laughs> you know, my mom is 84, so I mean, you know, go figure. <laughs> well, I was just gonna say, as I mean, no matter how bland or timeless or whatever you want to call something, not nothing is gonna please everyone. No, right. no matter how beautiful it is so that's why the whole resale value thing kind of always i'm like i don't understand right do what you like no yeah Yeah. well how does one i mean we speak to this all the time i remember people saying it when they're picking out their wedding dresses this is so timeless and you're like is it timeless how (laughs) do we wear it one day does it it matter (laughs) truth um but speaking to this timeless thing i know we repetitively say it all the time how does one really pick those items in terms Those of being details. timeless or being Yes, like for the marble and my cabinets, if I want a timeless look. Well, I think that's really where coming into, um, I think being a designer is you need to be a good recon person, right? You need to, you need the function of the space, but you really need to know your client. And, and I think that any successful designer really gets to know their client. I ask my client a million questions before we even get started and we go deep. You know, we go deep and are you a morning person, evening person? Do you entertain in the, you know, do you entertain for business or is it entertaining for your friends? Is it, you know, do you have staff that comes to entertain or are you the one in the kitchen? I mean, all of these things, you know, and obviously white marble is not for everyone. And it is a timeless material, though, because it's been around for a really long time. Anybody that's ever been to a French bakery in, you know, Paris or, you know, it's been around since, well, right. since time began, quite frankly. <laughs> but, um, you know, and same thing with travertine, even though travertine's fallen out of favor a little bit. I mean, you walk anywhere in Italy and it's been there. So that's a timeless material. Um, I think timeless, though, for me is the combination of doing of, of a, something that you really like with thinking about how is this going to trend out. In other words, people ask me all the time about mixed metals. Is that going to trend out? Are white kitchens going to trend out? Is this going to trend out? I think that is gray going to trend out? If I get asked if gray is going to trend out one more minute, <laughs> I mean, one more time. The thing is, gray is a neutral. 
it's here to stay. And people are like, I'm sick of gray. And it's a very polarizing question. It's funny. People are like, I either hate it or I love it. And I think that to me, gray is timeless. You can have gray kitchen cabinets, but you could combine them with just about anything. Why not use an amazing wallpaper with that? Why not do um, great kooky barstool fabric? Why not do, you know, why not have great tabletop with it? So there are ways that you can change it. If you want to keep something timeless, then you can mix and match things that aren't that expensive to change out. Right. Um, And as far as timeless, I think you really just need to look back in history to see what has been around for a long time because marble has been here forever. Wood has been here forever. Um, you know, they're whispering about brown furniture coming back. You know? <laughs> I think we talk about that every podcast. It, it never <laughs> really lasts. Right. Yeah. I mean, right. It's called an antique. And people. it's polarizing. Yeah, exactly. But people, you know, it's just like we get into this and I really feel like it was the dawn of Pinterest and Instagram where we just started looking at our interiors and having total envy and comparison Mm -hmm. to somebody else and thinking, well, I guess I don't like this anymore. Right. Well, because, you know, it's that algorithm. Exactly. It'll just flood you with the same look. Exactly. And then you're not seeing any variety out there. So you think, oh, this is what's cool now. I'm out. I guess I'm not in anymore. Right. Um, A lot of my clients, um, I'm I'm very fortunate to work with clients who, who have the financial resources to be able to change things out. But a lot of them have really fine pieces that have been there forever. They have, you know, Mm. collections of things they've curated from travels. They have really good art. And we don't throw those things out because some because the Instagram algorithm has decided that we're all going to look at the same exact thing over and over again. Okay. I really feel the best interiors are the ones that are layered, that have a lot of the client's personal treasures in that don't look like they were just thrown together um, in a heartbeat. And as much as I love the idea of certain TV shows, I think that has also, you know, sort of contributed to this feeling of, Design can be done in five minutes. It can mm-hmm. be done for $12.56. And it can be just changed out in a heartbeat. We do high-end kitchens. And it's not that we just decided to do high-end kitchens. Our vendors are high-end. The materials that we use are high-end. Our appliances are high-end. And that's just because that's what our clients want. And I can't have my cab- I can't look at my cabinet maker and say, I want soft clothes, custom-made boxes, all these different things that he does, these amazing varnishes, these details like I do, like putting the pyramids on the ends of things, or as one of my clients likes to call them, Valentino rock studs. You know, all these (laughs) custom details that we do for each client, maybe a little different design on a cabinet door, flutes, scallops, things like that. It can't be made cheaply. It's custom. It's hand It's done by a craftsman. Um, I think that everyone can have a beautiful space. There are different budgets for everybody, um, but there are certain things you cannot achieve. You just can't. And I think that that unfortunately, some people have been led astray by certain types of media out there that says that you can't. Right, right, true. I mean, you get what you pay for, for the most part. 100%. 
in life. Right. Occasionally you can get a deal. Oh, I love but, a deal. Who doesn't love a but, deal? You know, quality <laughs> I mean, is quality. And mm-hmm. you know, right. it's it's I during the knockout of the recession when I was doing a lot of private planes, which we didn't really talk about because a lot of people were out of work, you know, I was flying on private planes and I was coming home and saying, you know, do I have a coupon for that? I mean, you know, it, it's it's just it is what it is. Everyone wants a deal, but something some things you just can't do. Right. Yeah. That's not to say you can't have a beautiful kitchen, but it's not. Yeah, it's never going to look like that. Right. Well, you can't you know? get a La Carneau for a hundred. Right. I mean, right at a yard sale, you just you just can't. You know, right. and you can't have right. certain things. It just it's just not you can possible. hope. Right. Right. Yeah. And if <laughs> and if anyone out there has found one, please immediately Call me. email me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Please send your source. <laughs> exactly. I think that you believe that every room should have a chandelier. Oh, my gosh. Do I do I believe that? I don't know. Do I have a lot of chandeliers? I think I do have a lot of chandeliers. <laughs> well, here's my feeling. I put everything on a dimmer. It's funny. I was on an electrical walkthrough yesterday. And um, my client, who I've had for 20 years, I know very, very well. And they're moving from a much older house, 1920s, into a new, new being built situation that's fabulous and of course the builder who is a little bit more modern said and we're going to do cans and this that and the other and she's no 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 she said i don't like overhead light amy tell him tell him i don't like overhead light i said she doesn't like overhead light no tell him i don't and i said she really doesn't like overhead light and i think that a lot of overhead light is not flattering Mm -hmm. yeah and you know being a woman of a certain age you know i.e. I'm 27 right. and creeping up on 30. <laughs> I've done so much work in yes, my, exactly. my four years of professional Amazing. life. I know. Um, since I've been out of school for 15 minutes. Um, I feel like really lighting is incredibly important and why I put everything on a dimmer. I think cans are very useful, but not for every situation and not for everyone. And I love a chandelier. I mean, I don't, I think it's the decorative jewelry for the ceiling. Um, I think it's something that, um, for me, lighting is really important, not just functionally, but I think it should be pretty. Okay. I have to call out something else I noticed in your images. No, it's good stuff. Things I had never seen before. I'm not kidding. Like dogs? No, I've seen dogs. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, you always have dogs on your Instagram. I'm like, because I love dogs. No, this has to do with lighting. Okay. Um. You have, I have never seen this. So it was um, a canopy over stove and you had sconces. Oh, that was. In the canopy over the Genius. stove. I was just like, that is brilliant. On the hood. Yes. 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 I, why, why, how, how did you, how did you yeah, where'd get that, to that come from in your brain? Hey, I don't know. That's a very unusual kitchen. That's the kitchen that we're speaking of. Um, it's an extremely unusual kitchen. So everything about that, that was referred to on my Instagram as 1982 house. And people followed along. It's in a very um, a traditional neighborhood in Charlotte here called uh, Foxcroft. And it's one of the few modern houses. It was built um, in the 80s, but really a beautiful, beautiful home. But it had not been touched. And I'm talking pink shag carpet in the ladies' master bathroom. Yes. So moving and ready. Oh, yeah. There was a, yeah. <laughs> so just ready to go. Exactly. My client was like, here we go. Perfect. Turnkey. Um, we actually took it down to the studs. Um, and there was a gentleman's bathroom. And there was just a lot of really interesting, no places for cabinetry, wall cabinetry in the um, kitchen. Mm. There was carpet in the kitchen. Mm, oh, yummy, 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 yummy. <laughs> Which, when we pulled back to see what the condition of the subfloor was, 
revealed incredible southern antique heart pine floors. Wow. Oh my God, I thought you were going to say like water damage. No, that was in the, <laughs> the men's master bathroom. If if we had not done something, let's just say that those people had continued to live there, he would have been going through the floor like the money pit. It was completely rotted underneath his his toilet. It was wow. it was crazy. My contractor called me and said, "You you have got to see this." And it was like we could see under we could see crawl. I was like, "Oh my gosh! Thank God they moved. Otherwise, I mean, yeah, that's yeah. scary." Well, um, wait. So wait, these southern pine floors. Did y'all did y'all save them? Did oh yes. Know? Oh yes. Gosh. Everything that we could save, we we did save. There was um, incredible like six inch thick doors with fluting on them that we saved. And that's how I based the entire kitchen off of were those giant doors. The doors were actually nine feet high. Wow. Um, So the design of those doors I used for the design of the cabinetry and then and the design of the hood where you guys are talking about those sconces and we needed light over there. Well, that ceiling, I think, goes to it's it it's on a slope, but I think it goes almost 18 feet high. Wow. It's impossible to light. Yeah. So I had to come up with ways to light that space. Oh. And I thought to myself, what if we did something a little different here? And on the fascia of the hood, on the flat part where we don't put this sort of cool reading <laughs> fluting that we do sconces. And the client sort of gave me the side eye, but I had worked with this client on four other homes. Mm. He had just moved from a historic home that we renovated on the Battery in Charleston. And so he's like, well, uh, he just threw up his hands. He's like, I'm probably not going to win, so just go for it. <laughs> Do what you and want. he actually really loved it. And he cooks and he entertains. And he said, the greatest thing is I don't have all this industrial feeling lighting on in the mm-hmm. kitchen. I have this like wonderful ambient lighting that I can still see mm-hmm. while I cook. Yeah. And so it turned out really nicely. That's amazing. And um, then you put a sconce over a doorway. This is, I believe, also a kitchen. Same kitchen. Yeah. There was one on the wall and then a matching one over the door. And again, it's like, oh, I, it I was would like never think. It was like a lantern think, sconce. It yeah, was really interesting. I'll and put that's that over my door. And that's actually going into that room that you're speaking of was originally a weird sort of bathroom type situation. And um, it was a laundry room with a toilet attached, i.e. the help. Mm-hmm. Uh. So um, I I imagine that that bathroom was for housekeeping staff because it was so odd. But we pulled all of that out, made a very small um, laundry room, and then turned the rest of it into a bar and a mudroom. Oh, and so cool. I wanted to have a really great transition in there. And so that's why I put that lantern on the wall on, right above the doorway to feel like you're going into sort of an interesting, neat place. Can we um, link to this house anywhere? Are there? You can. I mean, okay. I'll give you all the links. Okay, that, cool. Because yeah. I'm sure Any people would love to see it. Of, we can, I'll give you the links awesome. and we can mm-hmm. talk about yeah. that. And they're on your it's site. It's a very unusual project. It's been published quite a few times times and um, a very famous football player here in town just purchased it several months ago um, my client ended up he retired and moved to Pinehurst to play golf so um, oh gosh yeah so I imagine that it will be an interesting um, project for people to look at um, so okay last week actually we had Susan Ferrier on the episode and she was talking about an 80s house too and I think it's so interesting like what drew your client to purchase this 80s house. I imagine it ha- since it had so many funky kind of details. Location? Did he love the 80s? A was location, it- but B, it's, an, it's a house built in the 80s, but really it's not an 80s house. When I think of an okay. 80s house, I think of not really great construction, mm-hmm. hollow, core, hollow core doors, mm-hmm. a lot of brass, mm-hmm. unfortunately lacquered brass, 
Um, I always think of like the two-story foyer that you walk into that has the giant window in the front, yep. red brick. These yeah, I grew odd up in okay. house. Yeah. Or stucco. <laughs> That's my parents' house. Yeah. Yeah. Spaces that lead to nowhere, odd niches above things that like, how are we even gonna like get up there to clean it? Wet bar in the den. Wet bar in the den, which <laughs> so you we know, quite frankly, I'm there for. <laughs> if, it, if it's done properly. Um, we're doing so many bars and so many libraries right now, which is a whole nother subject, but um and so many mudrooms and sculleries. But um What's a scullery? Yeah, out the kitchen, like a pantry? Yes, it's actually okay. a work working pantry. Look at me, I knew something. You did. It's a scullery is actually a working pantry. And one of my English friends, I, I called something a scullery the other day. She's like, well, technically, I shouldn't even try to do her accent. <laughs> oh, oh, lovely, 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 lovely. No, technically, that's not really a scullery because it doesn't have a sink, darling. And I was like, okay, well, whatever. It's yeah. a scullery then. Um, but yes, to be truthful, a scullery is a working pantry it's it's a closed off area most of the time a large closed off and um and there actually is one uh well there's more than one actually i think which we can link to um on my website in my gallery um it usually involves a sink possibly a second or third refrigerator dishwashers we're like putting a prep in scullery. kitchen or a caterer's kitchen almost. it is it's yeah. a caterer's kitchen <laughs> yeah. but it's also a place um we have been doing we do a lot of specialized cabinetry really custom stuff and a lot of times we'll put um dog bowls mm-hmm. and things that pull out from there um all sorts of things that um you really want out of the way you don't want in your kitchen because people are entertaining their kitchen so much now they um, don't want that yeah mm-hmm. um yeah. Now, I'm not going to say they don't have two dishwashers in their primary kitchen, but these sculleries almost become, like you said, totally a catering kitchen. Place to arrange flowers. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, yeah. but it, you know, just a really good working kitchen. Refrigerator doors, drawers for the kids to come in and get a snack. Um, yes. Can this you believe so cool. it? You're looking at yeah, me like, like, what are you talking about? Kara, I just Tara has hard eyes. She's the hard eye emoji. Tara's looking at me like she wants to take me out on a date. <laughs> <laughs> Again. Well, I'm from Atlanta, so. Well, well, no, okay. yes. relationship. no, I'm, I, I want to, in my head, I'm like, I just want to I'm go there, there for a second I want dishwasher. to like, yes. for sure. I want to go in there myself. I want it. Yeah. It's a really great thing. And, and as we were talking about the mudrooms and where we're going right now, I mean, I have a very effective mudroom um, that, um, well, for instance, I'm a shooter. I shoot competitively, not very well, but um, I shoot sporting clay. And so um, I needed a place for shotguns and things on the fly in my shooting bag and, and all these other things. And I had a, a mudroom that had open lockers. Mm. Well, a couple of things is, A, I don't want that stuff exposed. And B, I don't want that stuff exposed, mm-hmm. right? I don't want the look of it and I don't want the function of it. I think sometimes when we do these open spaces with mudrooms, it kind of defeats the purpose, right. right? We want it to be clean. Concealed storage. Right, exactly. So I had, um, after the fact, I actually had my cabinet maker come and put doors on everything that we had previously designed as open and um, it came out beautifully and it's somewhat the idea of these sculleries and these working pantries is that I don't want to see that junk I don't want to see it exposed I want it to be clean looking I'm into this whole theory about a non-cluttered space and how that contributes to a better lifestyle and and just better workflow and, and life flow and um, I really like the idea of where we're going with, you know, you come in, you have a, um, my little girl can come in from after school, she can hang up her coat, she puts her book bag, 
that's great. But we're taking it one step further but by even putting refrigerated drawers in these mudrooms. Again, Taryn's like, what's going on? I'm still like, that's happening? Yes, and people, it's for juice boxes. It's for apples for the kids. They can come in. We're putting sinks in these places. They can wash their hands as soon as they come in. They can put everything away. And it's really about flow and life focus so that you have a better functional life versus just a pretty space or let's just hang up our coats all on one thing and then, you know, because... We have clients five and six kids, if you can believe it. I know. I know. And they get like the, every time I see them, I want to just hug them and be like, you are my admiration. What about shaking them and going, get smart? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Karen. I'll definitely let them know that. No, I mean, I really feel, but the more people you have in a house, obviously, the more stuff stuff, and the more organized it has to be. And yeah, Yeah. I'm totally into that. I believe in that too. I'm totally into that. Like just the visual piece. Yes. of it. I mean, you look around the room and you, it doesn't stress you out. Yeah. Right. There's something I have to deal with. There's something I have to fix. There's something I have to tidy up. If you don't see it. And we're well, taking coffee makers and not even putting them in kitchens anymore. We're not putting anything on counters. You know, things yeah. are going into sculleries. Um, people might have one or two coffee makers. They might have, I have an espresso machine. It's pretty and it sits on the counter and I'm, I'm down with that. But I mean, my old ugly coffee maker let drip me tell coffee. You, yeah, it would have gone into a cabinet. Yeah, I don't want to look at it. Um, exactly. Um, yeah. Places we have, uh, we did one scullery recently with these incredible pantry doors that opened up and folded onto each other where her mix master, she had a total baking center in there. Oh, that's great. It was awesome. So everything was in there. All of her baking pans, we designed the drawers to have everything functional, places for wax paper, all of her thing. Everything was in there that she needed. And she would just, and then the ovens were right around the corner. So she would just walk right around the corner and put everything in. Are any of your clients looking to adopt a 31-year-old? <laughs> I will ask. <laughs> what about With the baby? What about, <laughs> I need solutions for wrapping. You got any? Oh, I was Ooh, like wrapping paper. Doesn't Tori, doesn't Candy Spelling have like a whole, like, doesn't she have like a whole room oh, that's she like does? just wrapping? I used to have a wrapping space in my basement, but I don't anymore. And now I don't really know what to do with it. Well, I think yesterday's craft scrapbook rooms are today's like wrapping rooms, mm-hmm. like writing letter rooms. Um, mm. I think that you can turn, well, Ballard Designs, don't you definitely have some? We have a craft. We have a wrapping station, but I have more wrap than it's going to fit in a wrap. You know what I mean? Maybe you need two wrapping stations. Maybe I need like three or four. Or maybe you should get your wrapping under control. (laughs) Yeah, maybe maybe you need to encourage my wrapping. It's probably I can't go into container store because I have like a full body reaction. (laughs) And um, I mean, I I can go in there for a hanger and I end up coming out with two hurts later. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I, I have a physical reaction when I go into containers or like I start hyperventilating and thinking about all the possibilities of an organized life. You are. You are like function. Always. The fact that you really have thought through like, okay, so your kid's coming in the house. What's happening? Oh, I Like you legitimately like step by step. No, I do a deep dive into their life. And I mean, when I sit with my cabinet maker, one of the things that I do is I ask them, do you bake? Do you cook? Do you have an Instapot? Do you have this? Are you vegan? Do you juice? How many children do you have? Are you the one that gets them up in the morning? And I mean, I ask all of those questions. Does your husband get up earlier than you do? Do we need Mm -hmm. to Mm -hmm. situate your closet and the bathroom so that one of you can get up and get out earlier without waking up the other person? I mean, I ask super personal questions. And 
it's important if you are a true designer and you need to you know you need to know how these people live their lives in order to make right. it the best they can when clients write me after a project's over it's lovely that they love their beautiful sofas and their fabulous rugs i mean that really you know fires me up but nothing fires me up more when they say you have no idea how much easier you have made my life by the way you've laid out my kitchen or the fact that we have this mudroom now or that you suggested that we do it this way or the bathroom this way. And that really makes me happy. I mean, I feel like I, mean, I feel so your good. Yeah, I feel your passion. Really passionate yeah, your about joy. It. I mean, that's if you can change someone's life through better design, why not? Right. It's not just pretty. Yeah. Right. And I mean, we have people that we've come across. All designers can tell a, a, a sad or horror story, you know, where a client's just not happy with whatever choices you're bringing or whatever sofa fabrics or whatever. And, you know, sometimes my sofa is not going to fix what's wrong in your world, right? Hmm. I mean, there are things that <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I can give you a pretty pillow, but if you've got a situation, you know, right. that's not going to fix it. But you know what? Let's talk about what we can do for your situation. You know, do you have um, a child even that maybe has special needs or is sensory, has sensory things? We need to talk about that. I mean, all that comes into play. And then, of course, I mean, there's a whole... There's a whole new world on aging in place, mm. and we're starting to do a lot of curbless showers, zero entries, um, with no curbs, so that people can, you know, roll in with a wheelchair at some point. I mean, there's just I could go on forever about form-following function. I'm a huge Louis Sullivan fan of architecture, and I really feel that architects and designers need to be friends. We need to talk to each other when the project's going on. We need to be together as a team and really collaborate. And at the end, the client just kind of clasps her hands and is like, thank you, I love you, instead of always, okay, the architect's going to do this and the designer's going to do this. Everybody yeah. needs to be happy and play together nice. <laughs> oh <my laughs> I make gosh. it nice. So what else are okay? Go back to what other people are doing right now. You just you talked about wet bars and libraries, like okay. what are libraries? You know, in the age of the Kindle and in the age of the iPad and in the age of all of these things, we have a lot of clients who love books, and I love books. I don't own a Kindle. There's nothing wrong with the Kindle. I'm not saying that. Um, but I love books. I love the smell of a book. I love going into a bookstore. I love, you know, feeling it. I love, you know, unfortunately, like dog earing the pages and all those things. And I love holding a book at night. And plus, I don't have blue light from a screen. Mm. Um, and we have a lot of clients who they dig books. They want, you know, we have one client who we just keep building bookshelves for. I think books are your friend when you decorate. I mean, they they kind of give you that sort of homey feeling of a cozy space totally. and every time we build a library and post it we had so many people commenting and dming us and saying this is my dream this is my dream to have a library i think there's a lot of like closet readers out there that are still <laughs> buying books and i hope so too because i hate to think of the actual bookstore going away um you know support your local bookstore even if it's a chain um but we are doing a lot of libraries let me ask a question Yes. Do you put TVs in your library? Uh, we have had a couple of TVs. Believe it or not, we have, I've been in probably four meetings in the last little bit where people are doing less TVs than I ever thought. Mm. Now, there's two reasons for that. One reason is people are trying to get away from it. 
supposedly. But the other reason is everyone's watching television on their laptop. Yeah, they all have their own device. So, yeah. I mean, we were, I was kind of laughing with a builder yesterday about this because my client is sort of anti-television and we're building a bunk room for her grandchildren. And we asked, do you want a television here? And she said, no, no, I hate televisions. We're actually in this large space. We're only putting in two TVs, if you can believe it, um, and not in the bedroom. And I said, well, that's fine because I don't think your grandchildren are even going to... A, agree on a program, right? Everyone's got their earbuds in watching something else, which is kind of sad in a way because, I mean, everyone's having an isolated Mm -hmm. experience. Um, My twin brother and I were talking about how I'm so um, uh, old that there was a time when we didn't have DVR and (laughs) we didn't record television shows. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it was so funny because you had to time everything on when the commercial was going to come on, right? Yeah. yeah. So, you know, you would run out to the kitchen to get a bag of Fritos or use the bathroom or whatever. And then they'd be like, come on, come on. It's coming on. It's starting. Yeah, it's starting. Back on. The show's coming on. Yeah. And I mean, we were together. We were all watching the same program. And now I think it's kind of sad. We're all sort of isolated. So. Right. They do do Minecraft. Well, I I am oh, like yeah. A, right? I, my daughter does Minecraft. I she tried to explain it to me, and I was like, "Yeah, oh, great, honey." <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what that is. It's a video game. Yeah, okay. but she was actually building a house and putting furniture in it, and she it was made of stone, but it was furniture. Right. <laughs> and she said, "Look, mommy, I'm just like you. I'm a, I'm a designer. I'm I'm making a house." And I mean, that oh, kind of adorable. made my heart explode in twelve thousand ways. Aww. But I thought, you know what? Cool. If you're if if you're getting some sort of creative like jam out of this, out of playing playing Minecraft, you know, I think out of Fortnite, she just got a dance like the Orange Julius or something, or the floss or oh yeah they had that whole like dj party yeah yeah she tries to teach me and then she like films me and makes fun of me and sends the videos to her friends (laughs) 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 well i'm like really interested in the idea of getting away from televisions where i'm trying to figure out i think i want to do my living room without a tv and i'm just wondering am i going to regret this later are people hiding them or just not doing them like which way we're definitely hiding them more um you know back in the day of the armoire it was no big deal. Now TVs have gotten so large that, you know, unfortunately we do have to put some of them over the fireplace and that's okay as long as you're far enough away. And that calculation needs to be addressed. If you have a 70 inch TV and you are 11 feet from that, you are gonna be sitting like the front row of a movie theater. Mm -hmm. And I don't think the picture looks as good on a television if you're not in the correct space. So if you're going to do that, I suggest really knowing your calculations, and also talking to your AV guy. Whoever's installing that television has a lot of good information about angles and how far away you should be. I, you know, I have a television in my bedroom. In this next reiteration of my bedroom, which is about to happen, I don't know that I'll put one in there, but I'm thinking about it. There's nothing like being sick in bed and watching 75 episodes of Netflix Mm -hmm. back to back, but I tend not to watch television at night. Um, I tend to read more than anything. Um, And you were asking me about Timeless earlier, you know, and how hard it is to pick things. I am so grooving on the color pink right now and Mm. a little bit pinker than blush. I think pink is the new neutral. And I know people are probably throwing things at their car speakers listening to (laughs) me right now. But the color pink that I have in my bedroom on my walls, it's a Ferro and Ball um, pink ground. And it is like waking up in a seashell every morning. Mm. I love it. It makes me happy. It's the first thing I open my eyes to. And 
cat actually talked me into it. I was having like a nervous breakdown over going that color pink. But I thought, you know what, I'll just paint it again. Right. If I don't like it, I'll paint it again. Um, you know, when I was pregnant with my little girl, it's funny because I had to, I was having total pregnancy brain and my painter had to come five times to repaint her nursery because I just kept changing my mind. <laughs> I know. And my designer friends would come over. They're like, what are you doing? <laughs> I said, I don't know. I'm so pregnant. So I just pick a color. But, um, and I really love waking up in there and it's, it's muted though with creams and topes and collected items. And I love mirrors and I don't know what that says about me, but <laughs> I mean, okay, let's uh, let's start let's step back from that because it sounds like I'm mirrors you. all over my bedroom. Like, oh, oh, Amy's a little kink, but no, it's not. I mean, they're framed. They're framed and they're beautiful. But um, <laughs> anyway, um, wonderful. They're not body. on the ceiling. Yeah, no, no, no. Um, but uh, what I'm, colors the ceiling with your pink walls? Well, uh, it's actually I have a. Okay, I have a custom formula for ceilings. Okay, Ooh, we were and, just talking about ceiling um, colors. Okay. I, every my painters all know it, and some of my contractors know it, and it's a formula I've come up over the years. It's not every house because sometimes you want to paint a ceiling a color, but when I'm doing quote unquote a white ceiling, it's a mix of white ceiling white, but it's got drops of yellow oxide and other things in it to warm it up so that it doesn't look mm. so white. And for all those chandeliers I'm using, <laughs> I like a little warmth. I like a little warmth. And it's not always the case, but when I'm doing a white ceiling, that's generally what I do. And um, I do do a lot of custom paint colors, which makes people crazy when they call up or they'll say, what was the color in that room? Or can you tell me the color of that or that? And it's, I kind of tweak things a little bit. Why mm-hmm. not? Yeah. So Why walk not? us through the process of picking a custom color. Like how does that how do you communicate the color you're trying to achieve to your painter to have them mix it? Well, when we do a custom paint color, we definitely note the formulas as we're going. You know, you can't be like, and a tablespoon of ochre. I mean, you really have to say one part this, two parts this. And so while we're mixing the color, and a lot Mm -hmm. of times I'll do it in a paint store or I'll do it with my painter. And I always, you cannot pick a color off a fan deck. Let me repeat that. Do not pick a color from a two by three square. I'm sure that every designer you've ever had on a podcast has talked about this. You must put them on boards. And Carol they have to be pointing at me. <laughs> uh-huh. you, they have to be big boards and you have to yeah. move mm-hmm. them around and have four of the boards up in one room. Put one in the corner over here. Put one over here. Put one down by the baseboard over here. And then watch the light. And if you're the kind of person, so we have clients that are always gone. They don't ever live in their homes unless it's evening. Mm -hmm. We pick the color for the evening light. Yeah. That's smart. Yeah. We have clients that go to bed every night at nine o'clock. And so we pick the color for any, or gals that are always home during the day, we pick the color for the day. Mm -hmm. And it's important to think about all these things. Um, And I also have a little trick, which is probably not going to convey on a podcast, but I take that board and I fold it towards itself. And you will see the true color of the actual paint inside of that. And and the logic behind that is, is you have two walls that come together that are perpendicular, that reflect off of each other and intensify that color. And it's going to look different in all different parts of the room. Mm-hmm. So we'll have a client who maybe went on a limb on a paint color 
And then they say, well, I'm not quite sure if I like it at 11 o'clock, but boy, I sure like it at 1130. <laughs> like, well, okay, you kind of have to pick yeah. because life changes. Right. And we have a lot of clients who want um, to use our services for e-design. We don't do e-design. Um, I just don't have time, unfortunately, for that. Um, or call us up and say, hey, can Amy do a consultation over the phone? And if I have time, I- I'm happy to do that. My only problem with it is I don't know what your light looks like. Yeah. California light looks different than New York City light, right? If I live in Florida on the water, I'm going to look a lot different than if I live in a woodsy space where there's all this green. And my paint color might look different in January than it's going to look in June. So there's really all these things to look at. And I mean, there are there are a ton of color experts out there. I, you know, I, I'm sort of one because I think all designers see color in a very hyper-focused way. Um, we'll look at a fabric or look at a paint color and I'll say, oh, I don't like that. There's a little too much green in it. And my client will say, I have no idea what you're talking right. about. There is not one. I don't That's see any green. green. Yeah. That's not green. <laughs> yeah. um, but there is green in it because every <laughs> color is made up of a bunch of colors. Yeah. Right. And did you know, here's a fun fact. I think it's, is it 30%? I think 30% of all men are colorblind. Yes. It's a lot. And like, it that's more than higher. you think. Yeah. Yeah. It might even be higher. And they have trouble with reds and greens. So, you know, I, I do kind of keep that in mind if uh-huh. I'm presenting to a husband and wife um, that it's something that if he says, you know, I see this and I see that, and I'll have to say, well, in a very gentle way, you're blind. <laughs> you know, I know you're colorblind. But, um, and, I, and I do have uh, a policy in speaking about this. I was just speaking um, at Star Carpet to a bunch of designers about the business of design. Um, it's really important for me that when you're spending this kind of money and you're talking about an emotional investment of a home, that the husband and wife are on the same page. And that's not always going to happen. So you kind of have to pick your battles. If she gets the living room, then he gets the library or, you know, the man cave, whatever you want to call it, or what's important to you. And they they do need to work that out. But I do have a policy that they both have to be there. If if they're both signing off on it, they need to be there for some of this decision making. And it saves a lot of time and heartache when we present a whole house to, you know, the wife and then the husband comes home and says, I don't like any of that. Right. Well, you, you probably should have been there from the get go because yeah. they don't yeah. even understand why it is that we're picking what we do. So yeah. I like to have everybody happy people together. <laughs> so everybody at the end says that was good yeah you know that was a good deal yeah. no surprises no surprises yeah well there's always a little surprise, a little surprise. <laughs> oh, gosh. i think we should do some decorating dilemmas oh can or you help a us? decorating dilemma. can you help us with a dilemma with a dilemma oh we have a good one a dilemma okay so our decorating dilemma today is from aaron And she writes and says, my name is Erin and I live in New Jersey. I adore your show. I just bought my house and I'm having a major dilemma. I have a room that is the first thing you enter when you walk in my home. Large window, staircase, and it leads directly into my kitchen dining room with visual to my large family room. It is approximately 14 by 14, but my measurements might be slightly off from memory. (laughs) I have no idea what to do with this room. Everything in the picture is completely removable. 
Um, she has. She sent three different photos. One with a cat in it. <laughs> Just a cat <laughs> favorite. We love it. Hopefully, you're not getting rid of the room. cat. It's yeah. an empty uh, room. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the paint color could be maybe maybe use an update. I'm considering myself to have a traditional style, maybe with a slight edge to farmhouse or cottage. I prefer neutral colors with a splash here or there of something extra. The photos are not permanent, and I can easily move. Most importantly, I don't really want this to be a second family room, which is where my inspiration is falling flat. I have a large family room with a fireplace and TV and fully finished basement that serves as primary entertainment space. I hate the idea of unused space and would worry a formal sitting room would only gather dust. Any ideas to make this functional room for my husband and I would be amazing. Our budget is open for almost anything except construction and would really just love your opinion on how to make the focal point of my home be something gorgeous. Man, you walk right into this room and right to the right of stairway upstairs and straight ahead is the kitchen. And it's empty. And she doesn't want it to be a family room. She doesn't want it to be a family room. And, you know, it's always a little bit of a dilemma when you have a front door without some sort of entry or vestibule because you're right there in the space. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And what I notice about this photograph is there's almost nothing in the room except for to the left. There is almost a bench where you take off your shoes with cubbies below and then a couple of pairs of shoes. And it looks like maybe her handbag. And I think if she doesn't want another space to, quote unquote, live in like a family room, this to me would be the perfect space to almost become a landing area for uh, the purpose of walking in the door, taking off all your shoes, as she's somewhat done here. But I think we need some more furniture and things in here to accommodate that. Um I don't know if there's a closet. I can't tell from the space, but I imagine there is a small closet to the to the um, right. I can't tell, but I would use and and speaking to Ballard as well, um, the products in your line. I think that you have a lot of great um, spaces, almost like creating an island for her mm-hmm. with a place to do a drop zone, yeah. which would be maybe a charging place for phones, iPads, things like that. Um, a place for all the shoes. Um, we could certainly do um, almost like a locker mudroom situation in an attractive way yep. um, with a bench for a place for everyone to have um, a place to put their, she could put her handbag there, the shoes could be put away because this is open now. And and, and as we talked about earlier in the podcast, we really don't want to see any of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think without doing construction, she could find some movable pieces um, and I like the idea of an island. Yeah, me too. Um, yeah. You know, we never really addressed your wrapping area, but right. I, mean, I think that an island, you know, with functional storage below for could also be a place where um, you could have your charging area, but as well do things like wrapping and have a place. I like having a landing zone wherever it is in your house. You know, if you put your things out as you walk out the door, like maybe the night before you need, uh, like for instance, I might need my daughter to have uh, her basketball shoes or, you know, certain kinds of projects or things or things that I want to take. Um, I will leave them in my mudroom and it's, it's, I have a landing area and that's the last thing I see. So I don't have to think in the morning, I can just grab it. Um, And I think this would be a great place for that because it does function as 
almost an entryway. Yeah. And she could do this in a very attractive way. She could put a pretty rug in here. She could have a large island in the middle, um, you know, like we've seen in Ballard. She could have a place to wrap, to do things, a landing zone. And also with that, have a bench to put on her shoes, but they would all be put away, which would be nice. Right, concealed yeah. storage. Yeah, concealed storage. I also am looking at a window with blinds with no... Um, soft treatment around them and I think really to soften the space even some stationary panels on either side of that would look great mm-hmm. um, changing out the paint color of course could be done I would need to see what other color she's working with to pick a paint color um, but I think that the soft panels some rugs and she could even have a chair in here a chair or two in here just as a, a quiet space not every living room or TV room has to be jam-packed with furniture it can just be a simple place maybe to, yeah, you know, have a quiet moment before she leaves the house. Right. I like it. I love that idea. Yeah. And I want a room like that in my house. I know, right? What a luxury to have a room. Yeah, that this is like, great. What should I do with this I room? I don't think this is a design dilemma. I think uh, that we're all it's a design like, opportunity. Yeah. Yes, it is. There you go. Every it's dilemma all is about a, branding. A troubleshooting That's opportunity. Right. <laughs> and Erin, I think you should consider making the view into your kitchen more attractive. I know you didn't ask me about that, but if I walk in your front door and the first thing I see is your trash can, I don't think that should be that you need to move it. Move that trash can over <laughs> so we can't see it right when you walk in. You know? Yeah. Like that that needs to be Put hidden. some great art on that or wall get or something. A, you know, a pretty trash can. Like one that's, I don't know. <laughs> Her cat is very colorful. Or is that a trash can? That is a cute cat. That is definitely that a trash can. Cute. Calico. Yeah, a, it looks calico. like several trash cans, it's actually. Think that's, well, Maybe we don't know. Maybe she's cleaning up. Maybe she's Marie Kondoing her kitchen. And Maybe this is, she's, she's in the middle of doing. finding her joy. Yeah, but, exactly. There you go. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I'm in the middle of finding my joy. I'm just about getting ready to purge my closets before this renovation. And it's giving me high-level anxiety. Yeah. <laughs> frankly, I just can't part with anything. But I'm trying, and I'm doing but if it doesn't give you joy, it won't it won't make you stressed. That's right. That's exactly right. If you want to keep it. But I wore it. that dress to a really fun party. That's the way I always look at things. Uh, and I need to, like, talk to it, like she says, and say, thank you. What did she right. always say? Yeah, yeah, thank you. Thank you for the, I don't know. Let me honor you and whatever. And <laughs> I try to get my little girl to give up some stuffed animals. And she's like, that makes no sense, Mommy. And I said, you're right. It doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I love Marie. I think she's the cutest thing on the planet, but she would not like any of our libraries because I think she's a 35-book uh, maximum to a home. She, yeah, she doesn't believe in any of that. I mean, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, even even photographs. Yeah, you know? yeah, that's a hard sell for but me, she too, does, because I love photographs. She does, I mean, she has a good point in some of those photographs, like get rid of the ones that are not attractive. Like why I have boxes and boxes and boxes of <laughs> photographs from my kids when they were little, and you know, like it's the birthday party, and this one's blurry, and this like just get, the ones are yeah, like, okay. The I understand what you're saying. Unattractive because the picture quality yes. is not good. Yes. Not that the people in it are not <laughs> right. Good. This is ugly of you, Karen. This would be all of really away. tough to be Karen's friends and be like, oh, I see she took the picture down of me. She, apparently, she doesn't find me attractive enough. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Oh, beauty is within, Karen. <laughs> oh, what is this thing? Calm down, Karen. <laughs> Wait, what is that? I have to. I have to ask this before we go because so many of because I love pictures and we've there's a lot have been like no pictures. So how do you do this tastefully? 
as quick oh, as you photo, can. Family photos. photos. Yeah, oh, family, family photos. photos. I love family photos. I mean, so I, how do you address it in homes to make it look? We've good. done whole gallery walls. Um, we do, and that's a great way actually to do even into um, mudrooms, entry areas, and things like that. Um, I think they need to be framed somewhat the same. Um, so if you've got black and white and color, then they need to be framed somewhat the same. I have a gallery wall where things are framed differently, but it's all sort of the same feeling. Mm-hmm. And I love it. It's going out, it's um, it's going out of my mudroom and it just makes me happy to see all those different images. Um, we also, I, I think family photographs make a home feel lived in. And they, you know, those are memories and things that, you know, make a house special. Right. Whenever I walk into someone's house, I'll be honest. When I walk into a client's house, I know this is this is Karen's house. You, ca- you can Karen? say it. She doesn't have a single oh, photo. I'm, I'm but going for it. Listen, do it. Do it. I walk into, first of all, I can take. It. I mean, there's we could talk for hours about my do's and don'ts <gasps> and yeah, we should have done that. Do it. Client stuff and how I like because I feel like you interview a client as a designer at the same time they're interviewing mm-hmm. you. Right. And mm-hmm. it's totally important to be on the same page because you're going to be working together for, you know. Years. At the, uh, yes, exactly. I mean, some of my clients I've had for 20 years. It's so great. Um, so you started when you were seven. I did. Mm-hmm. I did. I was, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was designing sandboxes and <laughs> small doll houses for children on my street. Um, that is kind of true. But, um, yeah, I feel like... When I walk into a client's house, and not to get cuckoo spooky, but I mean, there's an energy in everybody's house. You know, you've walked into somebody's house or met somebody, and right away you were like, Ugh. you know, <laughs> it just didn't feel right. Yeah. Something wasn't right. You went out, like, you know, go out on a first date with a guy, and you're like, oh, no way, bro. Yeah. So it's just like a thing, you know? Right. And I think that's the same thing with homes and energy and people. And when I walk into a client's house and there's not one photograph of any family member <laughs> anywhere, I'm looking at you, Carrie. Yeah, I know. Serial killer. <laughs> there's nothing. I'm thinking to myself, I mean, what is happening here? Do we not have any attachments to anybody? Or tell me you're thinking behind that. Karen's you don't like photographs? Are the best. <laughs> I, mean, I like to see this sparks that. joy. Right I have one. Now. I, I mean, have one I'm, in my bedroom. What of what? My sons. Oh no, girl! You need to get some more photographs. I mean, I bet they I feel... used to have some in my basement, but I got rid of them. Basements <laughs> behind the water heater. I mean, this kind is of. crazy. Kind no, I look. If that's your shtick, that's fine. But I mean, I oh. love photographs, and. I don't have I have yeah, a lot she, of different photographs. She doesn't have any either. They don't have either. They don't. Okay, I'm just going to say this. Photographs and speaking to what you were talking about earlier about the quote-unquote attractive quality, I think for me some of my most photo- favorite photographs are, I mean, I might look the worst. I mean, quite frankly, uh-huh. like ginormous hair, might be a Grateful Dead show. I'm not sure. But like being with friends or, you know, my kid has pudding on her face, whatever it is. I mean, if that evokes a memory, I don't think things have to be so perfect. Right. As a matter of Precious, fact, yeah. I kind of live in a world, and I really like a world that's a little bit imperfect. I like right. things to have a little age to them. You know, I like a little bit of old crappy. I think it's great. I think everything should not always be perfect and shiny brand new. I mm-hmm. love shiny things. I agree. But I don't like everything. Please, I'm coming over. Okay. And I'm gonna <laughs> You're welcome. You're in Atlanta next week. Come on gonna, over. Yes. Yes. You can zhuzh it up if you want. I totally <laughs> photo zhuzh you. Any clients out there that are struggling with photographs? Photos? Yes. Do you have a couple examples that we can post in the show notes of like great 
vignettes or a shot that has photos a, in a it. Took, some way, yeah, some way I to do know, it well. I'll, maybe I'll take a little snap of my your mudroom. My mudroom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. yeah, yeah. Just, we'll, we'll For inspiration. Some of the faces of you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean I'm happy to do that. So we've also done that, but we've also, um, you know, I think part of the Southern tradition, and I've been here now for twenty some years, so I feel like. The South has adopted this North Shore <laughs> Chicago girl with open arms. You know, when I first got here, people were like, look out. You know? <laughs> you know, and I was at a cocktail party and someone came up to me and they were like, who are you people? And I was like, my people, Phyllis and Jeff Martineau, you know, <laughs> you know, they live in Chicago. But, um, you it's know, so I, I to do that. Yeah, who are you people? But I, um, everyone here has embraced me from the get go. And I love the South. I feel like I'm a daughter of the South. I really do feel like, I mean, I'm half Chicago and half Southern and that's somewhere meets in the middle of this sort of like coconut hard exterior and gooey inside and for me the whole wonderful thing about decorating the south is people love portraits here Mm -hmm. you know and there are some beautiful family portraits um I keep threatening myself that I'm going to like do like a full on like get into a ball gown and have someone paint me and put it above my fireplace. Yes. People would walk in, they'd be like, I am so here for this painting. Like yes. giant hair, like uh-huh. with my hand on a piano. Yeah. Um, or like <laughs> a cat. Oh, wait. Oh my no, God. I have yeah. to tell you all about my friend's fam- her, my friend's portrait that her dad had done of her. She is, oh my God. She was like 13. Mm-hmm. Braces. Mm-hmm. This is a painting, a full oil painting. Aww. Braces. And in it at the time, I guess, when she was 13, she was really into a, into guitar. And so in the oh. portrait, she's like reclining with a blue guitar, playing the guitar with braces. I think that's with awesome. braces. That I is. do think that's, I really is think that's Is that hilarious? Awesome. Yeah. And I think, I mean, I some of my clients have, honestly, got some of the most beautiful oil paintings, chalk, I mean, mm. all sorts of mediums, you know, the, with the oil pastels. And I mean, there are some incredible portraits. So that sort of goes along that line that that we talked about earlier, when I do a deep dive and I'm looking at clients' art collection or these portraits and I want to know what's important to you. What do you want to see every day? Do you want to see this portrait every day? Do you want to see, you know, your children every day? And and like Karen, some people aren't into their, you know, a 40 by 30 of their children, but some people are. Yeah. And we've also, we've had big, huge walls where we've had nothing to do, nothing to put there, right? To just yeah. put a lot of art would seem silly. And um, unless it was great art, but it's maybe a like we talked about a mudroom or an office type space because we're doing a lot of built in office, like a wife type office where she can keep all of the files. We talked about the drop zone, right? All of the school papers, the invitations. We're building a lot of that into mudrooms, too. Um, You know, gone is the unfunctional desk that we ripped out for a long time. And now it's been replaced with really functional workspace Mm -hmm. um, for a laptop, et cetera. And one of the things that we a lot, a lot of times will do in those spaces is frame giant black and white portraits of the children mm-hmm. and have them all the same size and maybe do a triptych, which is three you know, pieces together that make up one piece mm-hmm. that look like one piece. And I mean, they're stunning. Mm-hmm. 
you know, and who, what mom besides Karen doesn't want to see their children? Right? <laughs> I think that's what Erin should do on that big wall in her little. Oh, I think that room would be fantastic. We looking at, and yeah, if, big does ones. she have children? I, I didn't well, see I if she did have children. She is her cat. She, she, I mean, she could do maybe, if, um, you know, some wedding pictures or some things, you know, if she and her husband, maybe some wonderful family photos. I feel like we walk around with a camera 24 mm-hmm. 7. Mm-hmm. She know? has little tiny family yeah, but photos. Those she needs to take them and make them big. Yes. Blow those up, Erin. Yeah, so she and could. And I like different, you know, I like photographs in different sizes and, you know, to really make things interesting. We have one client that we did um, a lower level bar for recently that is absolutely amazing. We based, um, her husband had, uh, really loves the King Cole bar in the St. Regis in New York. And we, we duplicated that, you know, with all the wood paneling and we actually, they actually found a painting of that bar that's above their um above the actual bar and and it's a beautiful space and um they have she always has great photographs of her sons and now her grandchildren and their family vacations over the years and so going down to the lower level there's one of these big spaces and you're going down into an entertainment family space Mm -hmm. and she has covered the walls in gallery and it is awesome um, it is really, I mean, it helps too, of course, because her family is so gorgeous. And I would say, you, <laughs> you stepped out of a Ralph Lauren. <laughs> um, but she has a beautiful family. But, you know, even like Karen says, if your family's not attractive, I still think you should put them up there. That's right. <laughs> Beauty's in the eye of the beholder. That's right. Everyone yeah. loves so, the And you of can do children. your pets. If you don't have kids, I mean, you can do your pets. I mean, God knows there are 2,000 pictures on my on my phone of my dog. Everybody knows Dolly Doodle. Every time she gets a haircut, she has, she, I've had so many people tell me she needs her own Instagram. I'm like, cause I have time to do that. Yeah. Yeah. I can barely run our, you know, yeah, your own yeah, Instagram. Exactly. Yeah. And my public and my private, much less, you know, Dolly Doodle's Instagram. Dolly Doodle. Dolly Doodle. She's a fan fave though. Yeah. Well, this has been good. Yes. Thank you so much. so much. Have you? How to be nicer was How to be nicer? one of the things I learned. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yes. Turn that frown upside down. You seem really nice to me. So. No, I am nice. I yeah. just don't like my children. No, That's I a- love my children. <laughs> I love them. Oh my gosh. This She's is, super loved. So I love them. She's they're all grown up. You know, everyone <laughs> who knows her knows yeah. that she yeah. loves her kids. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, I love that Taryn's covering for you right now. Thanks, I don't Taris. even have to. You know what? It's, it, and, and we kind of joke about it, but if, if that's not your thing, I mean, it's not a big deal. And I guess, you know, to wrap up, it just kind of speaks to everything. I mean, I'm known for doing, you know, more neutrals and textures and architectural things for interest. I do love color and I'm incorporating more of it into my interiors. But I think if color is your thing, do color. If white is your thing, do white. Stop everybody, please, copying everything on social media. Do what makes yeah. you happy and stop. You know, we're just going to turn into Clone City if right. everybody is doing the same thing. And that's right. why, you know, I love all my different designer friends who have totally different aesthetics for me. But I look at their work and I think, man, that is fantastic mm-hmm. just because it's done really well. You know, so find and pick a designer. If you're not doing this on your own, pick a designer whose aesthetic you like. You mm-hmm. know, it's it's so important. And that you like. You like personally right. on a personal level. Right. Yeah. Right. Good advice. Yes. 
Anytime. Thank you so much. Thanks You're welcome. This is fun. Thank you so yeah, much. This is yeah. fun. I can't wait to come to your house and do your photos yeah, in me. Atlanta. Yeah, do a <laughs> yeah. little therapy. Yeah. Are you guys going to be in town next week or yes. what are you doing? Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. we're are doing going stuff through at ADAC. Design, design ADAC is so cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. it is. Yeah, it's yeah it's I've great. been going Such there a great for resource. years and years and years. And I get so much out of connecting with other designers and, you know, just going to see all the new pretty things. Mm-hmm. I think it's yeah. just a blast. It is. Yeah. Plus I can sleep in a hotel and eat good food and, you know, all that other good stuff. <laughs> yeah. It is nice. Little daycare. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, okay. Would you share with everyone how they can follow you, find your work? Yeah. So stuff. my public Instagram handle, not Dolly's, is um, <laughs> my business one is Amy Vermilion Interiors. All right. All right. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. This was fun. You guys are great gals. Thank you. That's our show. Thank you so much for listening. You can leave us a review in your podcast app. We'd love to read it. And send your questions to podcast at ballarddesigns.net so that someone as talented as Amy can answer your question and give you some decorating advice. Um, You can find – we're going to link to all the stuff we talked about, um, that that amazing amazing kitchen and the 80s house, a couple other things. We'll link to those in the show notes, which you can find at howtodecorate.com slash podcast. And, of course, follow us on social media at Ballard Designs. And um, don't forget to enable the skill on your Alexa, and you can listen to the show straight from your Alexa. And um, I'm doing that right, Karen, right? right. That's good. Okay, good. Extremely Um, impressive. (laughs) And until next time, happy decorating. decorating.